Hello there and welcome to the MedTime Stories podcast. My name is Ashvin Sharma. And I'm Tom Thorne. And we're both medical students from the University of Birmingham. This is a podcast about our life at medical school, how we're growing up and transitioning to becoming doctors, both about our life at medical school and also about the things we get up to in and around that. We want to impart a bit of our knowledge around medical school. We want to talk about the topics that are rarely spoken about and about the dilemmas that some people face at medical school, all in a light-hearted way. Please subscribe to us wherever you're listening. And if you could leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts, that would be very much appreciated. Oh, yeah, honestly, mate, I felt absolutely knackered today. Just what? Today in general or just this week or what? No, I just feel really tired. Um, I slept really badly last night. I was having like really weird dreams. I think it's getting like... (laughs) (laughs) I think it's because it's getting closer to exams. I was genuinely like, I just didn't sleep very well last night. I kept waking up like every half an hour and like looking at my phone and it was like half five in the morning. I was like, I could just get up now. (laughs) Did you? So I thought, no, I didn't. I'd like to sleep, but it's just like... So excited for your rest placement. Yeah. Very excited. Yeah. But yeah, no, uh, so I'm uh, a bit a bit tired today, so apologies, but we thought it'd be <clears throat> worth getting one out um, because we wanted to talk about Oskis, which we'll talk about in a bit, but um, yeah, how have you been? Yeah, good, it's been a couple of weeks since we've, uh, I think, last recorded. You've gone home. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, you I went, went home, home Mother's Day. How was that? Yeah, it was good, yeah, I went home to Brighton, so uh, people saw on the Instagram, probably. To be fair, most people go right. It was, it was me. <laughs> It was me. <laughs> oh um, my god! So, yeah. yeah, no, I was, I was, I was the one that went home. So, um, <laughs> what? <laughs> like people were just listening to this, waiting to find out. Yeah, people, people can't wait. <laughs> they can't uh, control themselves. Yeah, so I, I went home, uh, had good time, saw my mum for Mother's Day. It was really nice, um, and got to see my dad as well. And then also, uh, I saw my grandparents on the way home, which is really nice. Yeah, it was good. It was a good weekend. I mean, I'm not seeing my parents again before exams because I'm not going home before exams. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's basically what I did. You had a fun weekend a couple of weekends ago, didn't you? Oh, we haven't spoken since then, have we? No, we yeah. No, so we, we, I was going to the, well, going back home to celebrate Holly and it was a good celebration. I really enjoyed it. But about half an hour in, I, well, well, basically, I, I didn't know what the sort of vibe was. And um, my dad's gone to India's and I asked him, I was like, is it is it a drinking event? And he goes, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I brought all my, my um, alcohol um, and then I got to the field and I was going to like take it out and take it to the field where everyone's playing like holy. But then people were like, oh, don't take it there because people would just like nick your alcohol and just start like, just start drinking it. So I was filling it up from the car. So like every time I finished, I had to go back to the car and fill it up. And then this, it was my mum's car. And my mum's car auto-locks. Like, I don't know if, does your car auto-lock? No. 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 <laughs> my car's not as modern as your mum's no. car. <laughs> so, um, so I filled my drink and then I accidentally left the keys in inside the boot. And I shut the car and then the car um, auto-locked. Because um, you'd walked away for a few minutes. Yeah, because I walked you? away and to like... To, once I finished my drink, I came back and I was like, well, the keys aren't in my pocket. <laughs> and so um, it was left in the car and um, the keys are attached. The car keys are attached to the house keys as well. So we didn't have the house keys and have the car keys. Um, but then I was just so my mum generally is like a bit of a warrior. So I was like, do I tell her now or do I, do I wait till the end <laughs> um, <laughs> to tell her? Um, so I told her straight away. And then luckily, that must have gone down really no, no, well. no, literally she, she said the complete opposite to what I was expecting. She was like, um, well, we'll just enjoy 
the party and then we'll deal with it at the end of the party. So I was like, yeah, fair. And the thing I was less worried about was the fact that usually we give our spare house keys to a friend. And so I thought we'd just get that spare house key, go back home, get my mum's spare uh, car keys and then come back and pick up the car. But my dad, just before he left to go to India, <laughs> he changed the locks <laughs> and didn't give our friend the new house key. He didn't tell anyone, did he? He didn't know. He'd say, <laughs> so he just changed the locks and dipped to India. <laughs> and so, so we had no way of getting back into our car or into the house. And so we had to call um, RAC and RAC came. And we waited literally about, I think, an hour, hour and a half. It's and a then, cruel joke, isn't it? Yeah, and then RAC came and then RAC said to me, they were like, um, has anyone told you that I've got next to no chance of getting into your car? And I was like, no, no one's told me that. <laughs> and so he said it'll cost £300 to open your car. Uh, and I was like, okay, that's, that's not happening. Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> so we went back home and I've got a vent like my porch. And so uh, one of the family friends, he had to climb on top of our stepladder. <laughs> Because our shed is just open. Uh, we climb on top of our stepladder and like reach inside this vent to open the front door. And then we we opened the door and so then we got our car keys and eventually like uh, came It was all sorted yeah, out. Yeah, it was sorted out. Um, so yeah. you ruined an evening for a lot of people by locking. You say ruined, right? Everyone had to stay back and I'm sure they loved it. Like, was it they a bonding really experience? Enjoyed. Yeah, no, they, they did. They did. Uh, they really enjoyed it. And um, I was getting like roasted throughout the whole thing just yeah. without I saying mean, i think the main reason that you get roasted is because you can't speak hindi yeah. as fast as the other people and also because you you lock the car the well i mean yeah the car. well one like, I, I was telling my mum that like it's her fault that her car locks or, or automatically um hmm. that didn't go down well and then um it was my dad's fault that he just changed the locks and just didn't so you blamed it. both your parents for your own mistake yeah nice exactly. well yeah. done yeah. i think that's a really really mm-hmm. smart move Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, um, Have you learned from your mistakes? <laughs> Have you? Yeah, I've learned and moved on. Did you yeah. apologise? <laughs> you apologise to my family, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. As you should do. Uh, you just got to apologise at that point. Just just, just take all just the... Just take apolog- the L's, yeah. Yeah, just take all the L's. Just apologise. Keep apologising and then... So that was yeah, that was very eventful. Good day and then it went lasted for the whole evening as well. Yeah, fair enough. I'm trying to think what I did that weekend. I think absolutely nothing. Um... Our other housemate is quite ill at the moment, so we're sending our wishes to him. He's got uh, he's got pneumonia at the moment. <laughs> it's not sad. funny. But... Why are you laughing, then? <laughs> it's just his messages that he sends. It's very confusing. Yeah. He messaged me saying that he uh, he was being treated for a community-acquired pneumonia. <laughs> and then he re-messaged, 30 seconds later, to say, a suspected uh, community-acquired pneumonia because I haven't had an x-ray. <laughs> <laughs> It's the most unnecessary. Oh, cheers. <laughs> cheers the most medic, like the most yeah. medic. Yeah, cheers the revision. Curve yeah. 65. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I hope he's a long way off that. I think he's just one. He's just a bit no, yeah, yeah, he's just <laughs> a bit brain fog. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've got brain fog at the best of times. But, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I had a very interesting conversation uh, the other day with uh, someone I know about the use of supplements and about, like, how he was like, if you take vitamin D yeah. and vitamin K, yeah. they're meant to improve like your well-being. And I, I didn't realise that until recently. But And we're talking about like seasonal affective disorder and how... Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Is that linked? Yeah, yeah. Do you know a lot about it? What, seasonal affective disorder? Or? Yeah, on like vitamin K, vitamin no, D. No, but I, I do know that like low in like vitamins does predispose you to 
like certain like mental health conditions. That's why. Really? Yeah, yeah. Supplementation is a big thing. Seriously, yeah. is that not just because of general diet and attitudes towards health? It's probably really multifactorial, isn't it? But it's it's interesting because he was saying how uh, he takes vitamin D supplements and yeah. even vitamin K as well because the two are linked with uh, with well being. Yeah. And like good mental health. Yeah, yeah I know not about something... vitamin D. I'm not. I'm not sure. I wasn't sure about the vitamin K thing. No, I was like, I know vitamin K from like warfarin and clotting. Yeah. I didn't yeah. realize it was like impacted in in mental health and stuff yeah a lot of people swear by like multivitamins and i mean i don't take any i think everyone should like take some sort of supplementation they say don't you though for especially um vitamin d because we don't get enough of it yeah we don't get enough of it and i think that's probably what's linked to seasonal affective disorder i wonder if it's more prevalent in like northern european countries because of the lack of vitamin d and whether it's actually exposure to the sun that makes you feel like seeing a sun, the sun and light, which makes you feel happy, or it's the exposure to the sun means you have less vitamin D. It'd be interesting to see. Yeah. I don't really know too much about it. So yeah, no, I had an interesting conversation about that. But yeah, I mean, you had your poster as well, didn't you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I presented my um, poster on my project last Friday, so that was good. You had to present it to one expert, so-called expert, and one like non-expert, um, and it was from half ten to half twelve. So you didn't know when they would come around. Um, so you had to just stand by your poster. Oh, really? I yeah, didn't realize this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you, didn't, given you didn't get a slot, no. And so, and I thought they'd come around together, but they don't. They come around separately. So one could come around in like the first 10 minutes or so, and then one could come in like the last 10 minutes. You really had no idea when they would come. Um, but luckily mine came within 20 minutes, and then the other one came 15 minutes after. And I knew who it was as soon as they walked into the room. Like I knew because it was a kind of a very like specialised topic. So as soon as he walked in... I was. I knew it would be one of two people, and yeah. he was the one I didn't want. So when he came in, I knew I was going to get like a grilling. So he proper grilled me. But um, no, but it was good. It was, it was nice to always present. I do enjoy presenting and like public speaking. So yeah, it was. It was good. It was good fun. But today we wanted to speak about Oskies. Yeah, we did want to speak about Oskies. I mean, I've got my Oskies coming out soon. So yeah, we thought it'd be good. Just under four I've weeks. I've got. I've done the oski that you're about to do yeah no i'm I'm, i'll be honest i am quite nervous about it because i've not had a proper experience doing oski so yeah being completely honest i'm i'm a bit nervous about it and i don't know any advice from you is welcome yeah so preparing we had a few messages actually from people on our instagram which you appreciate and people were often asking about a similar thing kind of how to stay calm under the pressure because i think i remember doing mmi interviews but it just feels like different i don't know if anything i feel more stressed for an oski than i did for my mmis I remember... I don't really know how to describe it. I remember in third year when I, I went out with my auntie and that was the day we got the email saying that all of our exams had been cancelled, our OSCE had been cancelled at least. And I remember coming back and we had I, we had like a little, uh, quite um, a few friends over and I think me and you both said that it's nice the fact that we don't have to do exams but I really kind of wanted to do the OSCE because that's sort of the exam where you can actually sort of test your your competency especially in that first year of clinicals um what you've learned you can actually put that into the exam so i, I remember I, I don't know if you remember that um i was sort of not disappointed that i didn't have to do an exam and just pass through to fourth year but you sort of then come into fourth year saying like can i actually and i feel like an exam ends up letting you kind of heighten your clinical skills and make sure that you do know everything and without that kind of final step at the end of having to revise for an exam get all those skills link all that knowledge together then you feel a bit unprepared and I, yeah. I then had to go out and did an intercalation which means that I haven't done an OSCE since second year and yeah. had three four stations on or something so yeah so uh, second year was four stations yeah. and I think five minutes per station mm. um two history taking 
one manual blood pressure and one like one one exam it was one oh, one exam, exam one exam yeah. one history one blood pressure and then one explaining results yeah, and yeah. Then i had to explain some spirometry results to yeah, someone, yeah, yeah, yeah to remember yeah um so yeah i haven't really done much since then so we've been kind of i've been trying to practice with uh with you and because uh, you know you know a lot about it so you kind of explaining to me and then i try and practice with different people as well i think it's good because some people people obviously learn in different ways and it's quite good having like people's uh specific knowledge so i know someone that did a neuroscience intercalation and i practice a lot of neuro exams with them and yeah, they're offering good. me some tips and kind of going this is a good thing like don't forget to do this and it's it's often nice working with different people because sometimes people have positive clinical signs or it's just examining different people is a better way of doing it i think rather than practicing with the same person yeah yeah i mean there's one person that i mainly do practice with um but that's also because we work well together and so practice quite a lot um but yeah i mean i'm like i said i'm staying up here till my exams because i think rather than going home and like practicing on my parents yeah um, I wanted to stay up and like practice with someone who knows how to give me feedback. Do you know what yes, I mean? My parents yeah, yeah, yeah. don't know how to give me feedback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you did the opposite, didn't you? You went home before your Oskis. Yes. So I wanted to know what your experience was, was there and like how you'd, any tips that you've got for me. So when I was up here, we, ha- we used to have a group and we'd, after sort of our placements, we'd go to the hospital and we'd practice with each other. In the evenings? Yeah, in the evenings. For how long? I'd say a couple of hours. And so we'd all have um, a couple of cases and we'd sort of do case uh, histories. We'd all do the same uh, cases. So if there were about six of us, we'd split up into pairs and then we'd do the histories and then we'd give each other feedback and we'd come together as like a six and then discuss um, how we, what we did, what we said, what potential other options are, what... So you sort of revise one topic altogether in that way. So it, that, that bit did take a long time. That's the only downside to that because you're you're only practicing and then you have to just the whole discussion aspect but the knowledge comes from that yeah. and then i used to practice with my parents even when i was up here over facetime so that was good so i i had a book so i, I, I can't remember what it's called i think you've got it. it's oski revision for finals or something yeah, um, yeah. I'll, I'll link it in the um description the yeah exactly and so <laughs> it's good because you know they were very helpful and i would practice with them at least two cases um i think a month out at least two cases a day with them really yeah you're doing that seems like that sounds like a lot and it it was it was good because i'm getting the practice in terms of getting the history and asking them and the only disadvantage of that is let's say and you kind of started a month out didn't i you? started about a month out yeah so um, it's not too much stress for me because i have been i don't know like i want to be because I feel like I've just, I just, I don't know if everyone feels in the same position, but it feels like a lot of stress to kind of go through everything. And I, I have been doing it for a little while, but I haven't been doing it like I need to kind of start doing it consistently every single day, I think. Yeah, no. And I think now because you're coming to the end of your placements, then you'll get you'll get more time to do that. That's when I, I used to do it. So after around the evenings, that's when I used to start. And around a month out is when I started. And I mean, I felt I felt fine going into the exam, obviously. You're going into a medicine exam you're not going to know everything you know um but the disadvantage about doing it with my parents was that if i was doing let's say chest pain and i said um so what's brought you in today <laughs> they'd read the whole like description out to be like i'll come in today with chest pain radiating to my jaw and said they'd read the whole description out <laughs> because they didn't sort of they hadn't uh understood um, yeah but yeah. i mean as they uh, as they we did more practice uh, we understood that more so practice for me was like a big one because for us 
the breakdown is three minutes outside the station to read the whole case scenario, five minutes inside, and yeah. then an extra two minutes um, for questions. So essentially, you have to take a history in five minutes, which is, quick. is not realistic. Um, and so that's why, I don't know if the way people take this, but I, I kind of think Oski's is a bit of a game. You're just trying to tick things off on a mark scheme. It's not, it's not very realistic. Um, you're not going to take a history in five minutes. You know, the history that you usually take in hospital, which is why I, I don't really recommend practicing on real patients, histories, because exams are fine. You can practice that on patients. Um, even that is maybe a bit iffy because sometimes patients will take extra time to like move around. And um, But histories, I would say practice with a friend because I started taking histories and then we didn't time them. And I remember it would go over like 10 minutes or so. And then you start to develop a structure. And then once you've got your structure, you can refine it and then start to um, uh, do it in five minutes. So it's just about like practicing and then refining um, the, the whole process. But it, if I take it back to like my experience as a whole or when I was the OSCE, so the OSCE day, so like you said, I went home for it. And so I had to travel on the day to the OSCE, which is like an hour and 45 away. Yeah. Um, I didn't select avoid tolls on the motorways. I went through a toll, which was like the worst oh, start no. And um, I got there like an hour and a half like before the exam. Yeah. Just in case I broke down on the motorway or something. And what I did deliberately was made sure that I was very lucky that I had a friend in my rotation at the OSCE. And I, I wanted to spend time with him um, before the exam because we literally did not talk about the exam that much before the hour and a half. And he is one of like, he's very calming. Like he's very calm. So I, I generally think that I'm, I'm quite a calm uh, person. Uh, I don't usually get as stressed for exams, but surrounding myself with him, who's even calmer, he's really cool, really chill. It really put me in like a good stead to go into the exam afterwards. Yeah. So that's one thing I would say, surround yourself with people who, um, are like-minded in the terms of they want to practice the same things as you. Um, you work well with them. Like you said, you've got a good rapport with someone. And also some someone who's, you know, not going to sort of stress you out. They have these people who will, like, you know, name, like, one thing after another, one thing after another. That's... How much would you have gone over everything? Did you cover, like, everything at least once? Or, like, how did you do it? When you talk about everything, though, I think for OSCEs, that book really helped me because that would give me a, like a rough idea of what they could ask, you know, because for example, in like, let's say cardiology, if they're not going to ask you in terms of a history, it, it generally is going to be chest pain or, um, you know, like AF or something. Yeah. They're not going to give you some sort of rogue syndrome. And, and the thing with an OSCE is that you're not trying to get the correct diagnosis it's it's the whole process the to get process, to that stage isn't it? yeah which is what people don't appreciate they go well if i don't get the diagnosis then i fail the station it's not the case at all no. you probably lose a couple of marks but if you gave a good list of differentials then you might not lose much or anything at all if you backed up why you thought your differentials were that with good explanation yeah yeah, yeah exactly so i would have a whole structure okay okay if we're doing a, a cardiology history these are the questions i would ask and as long as I followed that and the patient always give you something, you know, that's the thing in an OSCE is like, they always say they're not trying to trick you and they're not trying to trick you. Um, they will al always give you something and you have to make sure that you latch on to whatever they're, they're asking. So I remember in my history, one of my histories, my first history station, this patient um, had rheumatoid arthritis 
and they were concerned about how it would affect their work. And she said that very soon into the history. And so that was a cue that you had to pick up on the fact that, you know, she was concerned about her work and then you had to ask, follow up her concerns. And that's where the whole sort of ice bit comes in, you know, um, what your concerns, yeah. your expectations, your ideas. Yeah. So that's another thing, just trying to pick up. And although you have a formula in head, you need to be flexible enough to um, adapt. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, I think that... Yeah, no, it's just it comes with practice, doesn't it? And the more I've been practicing, the better I've been got at kind of being succinct and just going over stuff and practicing talking to different people about the same thing because they might bring up different questions. Like today I went over inhaler technique and in front of a consultant and a whole group of people, I explained it, which kind of felt like it was putting me under pressure, which yeah. I think was quite good because then I felt like I was actually explaining it properly and I was remembering how I needed to explain it. Yeah. Um, and making sure and checking after each bit and then check, checking their understanding and making sure I was safeguarding and kind of going, if you have to use it more than 10 times then you should call an ambulance and that kind of thing. And I was like, actually what I forgot to say was to recommend leaflets and to recommend kind of any further advice. And so now I'm like always remembering to do that do you know what I mean the things that you get wrong when you're practicing stick in your head more than the things that you get right yep like I remember doing practice with you and forgetting two differentials which were hyperglycemia and anemia yeah and now like after everything I'm like could this be anemia could it be hyperglycemia because they're often quite nondescript yeah aren't they and what like what they end up resulting in and so it's often quite good to have at the back of your head for differentials yeah and those and, two things and what you said as well like practicing it out loud is a big thing yeah I've always felt that if you can read something, say, oh, yeah, and I'm going to mention that, I'm going to mention that. But you, you have it in your head and you don't actually say it. But if you're actually explaining something like inhaler technique or um, explaining a drug. There's got to be something about saying something out loud, which kind of reinforces neural, yeah. neural connections mm -hmm. and something. If you because I've seen people sit there and kind of read over this stuff. And I just find that like a lot of it just goes through my head like a sieve. And because of the way you learn for MCQs, you hold on to like the really niche fact that you know that they can ask. Yeah. But you don't hold on to the more important information, which is making sure that you get every single symptom in terms of you ask a well-rounded set of questions about all the symptoms, not just about the one cardinal symptom, which is specific for that thing. Because when a patient comes into you, they're not necessarily going to have that one cardinal symptom, are they? Well, they yeah. might, but they might have a whole load of other symptoms and they might be concerned about other things. But yeah, so I, I mean, I, I think I've really appreciated practice is just key and just making sure you're getting the same kind of the things. And there's more in similar in for each of your, what I've realised from practising and not having done a big OSCE before is that there's more in kind of similarities between every history you're taking than there are even differences even between something like gastro and resp in that you need to ask about presenting complaint you need to ask about kind of ideas concerns expectations you need to do a systems review the questions inside that will likely be different but often people will have pain so you need to bring in socrates and then often yeah. people um they've got a relevant social history or they've got a relevant family history or their past medical history is important or their past surgical. And these are the things that you have to ask for every single history. And um, what I do is before kind of going to a station is I write them out on a bit of paper to make sure that I don't forget anything. And it might seem like simple things that I wouldn't normally forget if I was asking a patient just on the ward and I had 20 minutes, but in five minutes, it's easy and under stress, it's easy to forget. So I think what I've realized is making use of those three minutes when you're outside. I went through a alcohol abuse case uh, earlier and I was writing down kind of make sure I mention cage and audit C just because these are good things to put in that you know a questionnaire to screen someone
someone for the alcohol used and I even brought in that I knew about a couple of the different drugs because I think it's useful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I did in the three minutes. So I know the OSCE format varies between med schools. So mm. uh, in terms, so this is just the way it works in Birmingham where we have three minutes outside. Yeah. So for example, in the like, rheumatoid arthritis, or if, if I had a neuro uh, history, in that three minutes, all I'm writing down is things like weakness, like vision, headaches like any anything to differentiate and then like red flags so yeah red flags yeah or i always every single one i'm there writing down uh fevers night sweats weight loss because if i don't ask about all three they won't you you don't get the mark and it's just like i need to make sure i ask about all of these things and if it's like a uh, a neuro red flag then i'm thinking i'm like is there have there been visual changes have there been headaches have there been nausea vomiting Uh, and these kind of things was there a really acute onset something has it been really insidious have you noticed and then on like a neuro one you might go well have you had hemoptysis recently have you been coughing up blood have you noticed uh blood out of your back passage because you're thinking maybe a metastasis or something like that so these are just relevant quick questions to get off in like a systems review yeah as well yeah so if if i take you through my my experience about the oski so we were sitting in, sitting in a room. We got directed through. We were the afternoon session. Mm. And so we sat into a room. And then we could just see straight through the window, the little hole in the window, the first group leaving. And um, we saw one... It must be a bit demoralised. <laughs> we saw one guy leave with his head in his hands like that. And so really? that's even before we started the exam. <laughs> we oh, no. Like, what's going on here? Yeah. And uh, we sat in this room. They're playing, like, really, like, calming music in the background to try and calm us down with, like, like loads of, like, visuals. I don't know what they were trying to do. Oh, and um, that, would just, that, that would just annoy me. <laughs> so there was uh, 10 of us, the 10 mm. stations. Uh, one of it was, one was a rest station. And so... One of mine be a rest station, do you think, then? I think I so. Think Although, I was stations. speaking to um, other housemen, apparently you don't have a rest station. Yeah, I don't, I, it doesn't seem like it. No? Yeah. Um, but, I mean, saying that, I kind of didn't have a rest station either. Because yours was the first <laughs> one. <laughs> my, I was so ready to, like, start, and then my first station was a rest station. <laughs> so yeah. everyone just left, and I was just staying there for, for uh, 10 minutes. Um, and then, Did you do anything at the rest station? No, I just... You didn't, didn't write notes about anything? No, no, there's no point, because I didn't know what the stations would be. You know, it's only when you go to your first yeah. station, and I, I don't know what it would be like for you. Um, I don't know if they told you or not, but for us, had to, PPE for every single station, and at the end of each station, had to take the gloves off. And that's included the, in your time? Uh, that was in the three minutes, yeah. Oh, in your three minutes In the three minutes before, in the three minutes before. Okay. I was going to say otherwise, like, because the history is so short... Uh, 50 history is five minutes then you're spending 30 seconds at each end to take it on to, to yeah. put it on and take it off so i'll yeah. be like gloves i'll be reading the case at the same time and then like take my apron on and then i oh, really yeah. <laughs> yeah. and so the first the first station it was a case and they told me it was like a case-based discussion mm. and i would um i was reading the case and i had all my differentials and i was just ready to like to go in and then i go in and <laughs> he brings an x-ray like kub like in front of me yeah and he goes interpret this x-ray <laughs> it's just how i haven't i haven't prepared for this i was thinking like completely different like he's gonna ask me questions on on everything and so um yeah i was like okay like just take a step back just um what is it uh, what can i see here and so i'm going through it systematically like i haven't really practiced how to um interpret those x-rays I was gonna say, how do you systematically interpret an abdominal x-ray? yeah no literally i was just trying because to think. there's a very easy way for chest x-rays but do you even know of a systematic way to do an abdominal one? no no i haven't i haven't looked at it uh, i didn't look at it so is there a systematic way? i think there is yeah because i think there is i i think i looked at a video on youtube but oh, i didn't okay. i didn't um like yeah. i just sort of passively took it and i didn't actually yeah. remember it and so in that first station, 
he was interpret the x-ray and so i'm just looking through it and just saying oh can i see <laughs> can i see anything in this x-ray and so uh, I, I just said a load of stuff i was just like i can see this and this and this um but i i just couldn't see any pathology and okay. so um i ended yeah. up saying okay so this is a normal x-ray and so i presented that and this this um examiner i could tell from his name and he was quite an old dude um he was like an indian an Indian guy, yeah. and he just looked so... This cracks me up. Whenever I feel bad about doing Oscars, <laughs> like, this is the thing that makes me think, I know how well you did, like, I know you did really well, and this is the thing that makes me think, you can still mess up a station, <laughs> and you can still do fine, yeah? <laughs> so then, he just looked at me, and he looked so disappointed, <laughs> like a little uncle, like an uncle, just to be disappointed at you. He got a pen, yeah, <laughs> he got his pen, and he was like, there's a stone here, here, and here so he literally pointed out three kidney stones to me yeah. that i'd missed and i'm like how did i miss that literally how did i miss that were they really obvious yeah it was know? so obvious it was so obvious and when yeah. i looked at first it was i just said it was a normal x-ray yeah. um and so <laughs> that was that was not the best start and then um yeah but then because the case was about urosepsis and so then he, they begin to ask you questions about um the case and so then he's asking me questions Right. And then saying, like, what's the most common composition of a kidney stone, etc. Yeah. And then I just look in front of him and I can just see on on his <laughs> table. He's got the marks in front of him for each question. Was he marking it on an iPad so, as well? Yeah, so he had his iPad, right? He had his glasses on. And then every time he'd um, like he'd go to his iPad, he'd put his glasses on his nose like that. And then he'd look to, to the mark scheme to see like if it matched up. So every time he did that, I was just like, oh, wait, he's got the mark scheme in front of him. And so... I um, <laughs> then I realised I was like, oh okay, the mark scheme's there. So I sort of like put my eyes down and I could see the answers to all the questions. <laughs> so then he was just like, what is oh, um, what is Q sofa? And I was just like, I I, I knew what that was like, uh, what it was. But then he said, what are the components of the score? And I had no idea what the components of the score was, but I could see the answers <laughs> in front of him. And so that was oh, my no. high scoring station. Oh, no. So even though I missed the um, the stones in the X-ray. Yeah. That was my highest. Uh, that was my highest scoring station Fair enough. Uh, for the whole thing. Um, so it, it's it's it, usually they're they're quite nice. Everyone who goes okay. in. Um, okay. So you go in like say hi, hello. Obviously no one's shaking hands because of COVID. Yeah. Um, but everyone like greets you the smile, say hi, like sit down, like make you feel quite quite comfortable. Yeah. Um, I was quite lucky. I had everyone was, was super nice apart from this one dude. Yeah. Um, who wasn't nice to other people from what you told me. No, so literally I walked in like, you know, uh, have you seen the um the scene from uh The Apprentice where yeah. like oh, Solomon Claude. like Claude, Claude. Walks in yeah, yeah. Solomon just Oh, Solomon's got like uh, sheets just and uh, it's like just, sailboats. Just boats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so like, you give me two sheets. <laughs> yeah. One of them's just full of sailboats. <laughs> <laughs> that is how so I felt. Much. I literally walked in I was like, hi, like, hi, yeah. like, how are you? Yeah. And he didn't look at me. He pointed his um, his pen down, literally did, like waved down. He's like, sit down, sit down. And really? I was like, oh my God, <laughs> oh my God, what am I going to do here? <laughs> and um, I could tell from the case, it was um, ulcerative colitis. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So then uh, he said, what are your differentials? And so I said, ulcerative colitis. Um, and then I think I said something like, I think I said hepatitis A, man. I don't yeah. know why I said hepatitis A, why I said hepatitis A. And, and he just looked at me and he was like, hepatitis A? Why do you say that? Why do you say that? And I was just that's a good question. Why did I say that? So um, I was just like, no, this, this. Uh, I, I gave another um, sort of yeah. differential. He was like, what, what are the microorganisms that cause this? What does cause this? And then he said, how do you treat an exacerbation? And then um, I started treating it like that. You really treat it that way? 
you sure you treat it that way? So this guy was proper, like, grilling me um, in it's the not station. not okay. No, like, I don't think he's supposed to do that. They're um, not. They're not. No. My, uh, someone I know who uh, was my dissertation supervisor and I've done a lot of research with, they are uh, an examiner um, because they're doing a PhD at the moment and they were saying that the, the way that it's run is really, really, they do run it in the most objective way. Like they, they make the examiners go to a course to make sure that they, they're doing it properly and that they're doing it in a fair kind they're of non-biased way. I mean, there's always going to be some level of intrinsic bias. You can never eliminate everything. And sadly, that's going always going to be the case um, unless you've got 100 people to watch videos of everyone's Oski performance. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, they, they try and make it as objective as possible, don't they? So yeah. yeah, so and then he then he asked me a question saying, what is the common drug that is like contraindicated in, in these people? Yeah. And I had zero clue at this stage. Mm. Um, and so I just said aspirin. <laughs> and it wasn't afterwards. Apparently the answer was liperamide. Mm. And um, he looked at me and that was the last question he asked. And he said, okay, okay. That's fine. Um, if you could, um, because in, in these um, OSCEs, so in that case-based discussion, I have seven minutes, yeah. right? So um, in the case-based discussion, usually you'd finish very quickly. And so then they give you the option to um, add to your answers if you finish really quickly. Yeah. Um, in that station, I was so like, <laughs> this guy violated me. So I just stayed, I just stayed silent for the rest of, <laughs> rest of the, the station. I was like, I'm not, I, don't, I don't have anything else to like add. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, I mean, it's paramide, isn't it? It cause, cause, as you're looking, can cause toxic megacolons. It's yeah. a little bit of yeah. a revision tip for everyone. I think for OSCEs as well, a good way, a good way that I've been doing is I listen to the Zero to Finals podcast. I think it's really good because they talk about everything through in a systematic way in the way that you have to in a case-based discussion. And I think that for the case-based discussions, at least for Birmingham, it's, it's about content. It's about if you know your stuff well, you can perform a case-based discussion as long as you've kind of talk, spoken it through. And the... The revision for case-based discussions and MCQs is quite interlinked in that the better you know the topic for MCQs, the better you should know it for case-based discussions. Do you not agree with me there? You no, 100%. 100%. 100%. <clears throat> and it's all about management. So differentials and then how you'd manage it, uh, what investigations you do and knowing why you do that. So in that station as well, he said, what investigations do you do? <laughs> and I said, potentially do this and that, this. And he was like, pick one. Which one would you do? And so it, it's it's good. I think with bloods, they always say you can always list off a load of bloods to do because usually in every sort of case. Um, but then if you get quiz as to why you're doing it, I mean. But you can always say something, right? So like for CRP, you can say, oh, I don't want to check there. Like looking for infl information, the inflammatory marks, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a lot that you can normally do, like INR. Oh, if we're doing a procedure on this person, I'd want to know how well they're clotting in case that we do, we do an active procedure on them, and I wouldn't want them to bleed out. Uh, and then FBC for like anemia and for infection and stuff. But there's some that are a bit more kind of tricky, and people are like, people will randomly go like, oh, I want to do use and ease, and they're like, but why? Or but yeah. like, why? What are you looking for in a use? Yeah, and exactly. To actually, work out like. Like even in like a pneumonia, you'd want to do a use and ease because you're looking for urea, but you'd actually have to probably kind of go there because you need to know why you're doing it. You can't like in the real world, you can't just order a bank of blood tests, can you? you right. Because you'll find a whole lot of stuff that you're not looking for, then, won't you? Yeah, yeah. So, but, but also in the structure, the way they they teach you to answer these questions. Yeah. For example, management, they'll tell you conservative, medical, surgical, and that is correct and 
in different med schools, it's probably they probably give you different times to answer these questions. But for us, for example, in a seven minute station, it was five minutes for histories and two minutes for questions. And in my first station, I think one of the last questions, she, she was like, what management, what I think, what drug would you give this person for rheumatoid arthritis? So then I said, OK, for, in terms of medical management, uh, I would uh, give them DMARDs. Uh, loading dose of steroids to start them on. And then you'd want to transition to... Uh... DMARDs, wouldn't you? Yeah, so, um, so for example, methotrexate. Yeah. But because I didn't say it straight away, I was giving yeah. the whole like spiel of like giving the proper answer. Yeah. The bell rang before I even had a chance to say methotrexate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I was like, oh, was just she was leave, like, next yeah. station. I was like, oh, bro. Like, so, really? Yeah, literally. Yeah, I, I didn't, didn't even. Yeah, it's very strict on the times. So if you said it as you were leaving, they, they wouldn't give it to you? I guess I could have, but I, I didn't. I don't know why I didn't. I should have. They're like, Methotrexate, <laughs> <laughs> just wandering it, off. <laughs> but uh, in, the case, it now. in the case-based discussions, though, when they ask you a question, yeah. I only learned this as I was going along in the exam. Sometimes it is very good. They always say this to you, and it never makes sense until you're actually in the OSCE. Sometimes it's good not to answer straight away. Just take a pause in terms of... I've realised this from doing practising with you, that... If I just kind of list off a whole load of differentials without thinking about it systematically, I then get to my investigations and go, oh, actually, I'd want to do this investigation because of this differential uh, that I didn't mention yeah. earlier. And then it feels, it appears less organised and they will, you just won't get the marks because there are marks for how kind of organised you are in your approach, aren't there? Yeah, and because I was given a case where I wasn't expecting the questions they were asking me, yeah. for example. Um, it was something where I thought it would be something else and they were asking me different questions. And yeah. This was about one of my last stations. So by this point, I'm sort of getting the hang of the format of um, of the OSCE. And so at this point, he asked me a question and, and that was when I took a pause. And I really actually thought about what he was asking me. Yeah. And that made sure that I gave like a, like a, a better answer because in my first station, if I go back to that kidney, um, the x-ray station, mm. I finished so quickly that... He, he said that, you know, you can add your answers, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> I knew the thing that I did wrong was... Uh, so the x-ray. I, I represented the x-ray, <laughs> even though he gave me the answer. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you did much there. No, I don't think I did much there. Yeah, but yeah, but no. for most other stations, they they said, um, would you like to add your answer? And... At least at Birmingham, it's not negatively marked. So it's no, worth going right, back if you right. then think of something afterwards. You're not going to... They won't then mark you down because of your presentation being worse, but they'll you'll go, oh, they they thought of this. And yeah. you, you've got the opportunity to get extra marks. And I don't know if you know this, but that you also have the case inside as well, so you can refer to that as you're, as you're speaking to them. Yeah. So it's not like you have to remember everything outside and then go in and talk about it that you have it in front of you, so you can you can talk to them uh, about it. So that's the case based and the sort of um, sort of the case yeah the case based discussions the histories as well. Um, like I said, practice getting it in that five minutes. Yeah. Start by just doing it. Don't time yourself. Then once you get everything together, I used to focus a lot on the presenting complaint, a lot. Yeah. So like like we said, writing down in that three minutes, I would write down always for every history station, I'd write down ice, ice, and then the symptoms you'd associate with that uh, specialty. Yeah, I think that's really good. Yeah. And then in terms of the practical station because of covid we only had one practical station yeah. um i think you've got the th four. four okay four yeah. um so we didn't have any exams uh we only had one practical station which was oxygen therapy 
and uh, so that that was fine as well it was didn't someone ask you if someone had a copd exacerbation what would you put them on and you just had to point at the uh the venturi mask, venturi mask yeah so... and you didn't have to name which one did you, you no, point... no well because obviously it depends on like how much they, they need to but yeah. you just point at which yeah one. so no literally that, pra- that practical station was um because then you learned that like blue was the lowest and then oh yeah like, i had a whole you way of the order it, yeah. like blue was it blue white <laughs> orange <laughs> Red, yellow, green. Have you remember? Is that I, right? I, that was one thing that I remembered like a couple of days before the exam. Yeah. So it's one of those which just fallen out of my head. Yeah, and then I learned about the different gauges of candles and how much you can give them <laughs> a minute. And you were like, you don't need to know that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, you don't need to. Know because that. it's about principles, isn't it? You can look on a cannula. You could look on a cannula when you're there about which is the biggest. You look at the gauge, and they should all be. They should all say. And so you know. What yeah, but you... saying that sometimes they do ask you really like stupid like niche questions. You know, like the components of Q sofa or the components of Waterloo. I got asked. The components Q sofa is respirate above twenty two, systolic below one hundred. <laughs> knows it. Uh, <laughs> ECS less than fifteen. I know that because you told me to bloody learn it. I only learnt it on the day looking at the mask. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but no, I had no idea. Right? Yeah. No, I, I think it's a good place to wrap up because I think you've especially given a lot of good, useful advice. Yeah, I guess before, like we do, in terms of the resources um, that I used. Yeah. So for histories, I used that the book, which yeah. we'll, we'll link, and. I used I used to watch a lot of YouTube videos, so I used to type in CSA onto um, YouTube. And there's so, someone that you recommended, wasn't there? There's also yeah. So uh, um, so the CSA is they all it's sort of GP trainees, I think, yeah. uh, taking histories and there's commentary as well in terms of what they're doing right, what they could do wrong. Okay. So even though it's probably a slightly higher level than what we need, it's it, it does give you ideas in terms of what to ask for the history. Yeah. Um, and there's Dr. Amon Aurora as well. He's very good and also a GP and gives you tips on like ice and um, he's also history taking. There's Aaron Kiru. So A-R-U-N-K-I-R-U. So he has a couple of videos, not many, but the videos that he does have like really, really good. I used him for like my breaking bad news um, sort of model answer. I didn't use yeah. spikes. Um, and which is a Birmingham thing, which is a Birmingham thing yeah. yeah and there's a few other resources like Oski Sense is a new page that uh, is on Instagram I think we've put it on our story a couple of times as well they've got cases for different specialties really really good I had a look at it um, when they you know like messaged us about it and it was really really cool really cool so the more practice you get the better practicing with other people rather than patients yeah and in terms of calm like being calm for me staying calm is all is all about like the preparation to be honest I, with you. I agree i think the more that you practice and the more you practice in a simulated environment which is quite similar so you end up starting kind of slowly then you bring then maybe you practice in a group of three or four so you've got people watching you and it puts a bit more pressure on you and then you time yourself then you're simulating the oski as best you can yeah and so because of that when you come into it it's not such an alien environment and you know they always say like practice but perfect practice makes perfect performance. Um, oh, that is just oh, okay. Practice makes perfect. Okay, yeah. So I, I always it's really really weird analogy that um, that I, I, don't, I watch a lot of boxing and in the weigh-ins, right? A lot of them are quite crazy, but a lot of them are really calm before their fight. And the, the interviewer always asks them like, "Why are you so calm? Like, how are you feeling?" And they always say they a lot of them say one thing. They say the work's been done. So the work's been done. So I I believe in what I've done, and now tomorrow it's just about executing it on the day. Yeah. So that's literally it's a good it. way of thinking about it. It's a so very it, good way to if you've done the work. It's just about 
staying like in the moment, whatever you need. So I used to just, if I sometimes would like feel a bit nervous, you take a step back and think, okay, I've, I've done the work, I've done the practice, you know, it, it's not going to sort of go away, you know, to an extent it's, it's sort of ingrained within you. Um, I remember before the exam as well, we were told by one of the teaching fellows, oh, you know, you'll come out um, thinking, oh, why did I say that? Why did I say that? And you will come out the exam like saying, I yeah, should have said that, yeah. I, I would have said that, could have, would have, should have, but yeah. I didn't. But, you know, that's normal. And the examiner knows as well that you're nervous. Having butterflies, I think, is a good thing uh, going into going into the exam. You know, it, it brings the best out of people. And even if you do mess up a station, so what? You know, that guy who grilled me, I failed that station. Um, but if you fail one station, it's not the end of the world. You know, yeah. you can, like, you have, well, I don't know how many, 10 other, 11 other stations. I, I had eight other stations. Yeah, it's a very good point. Yeah. So, yeah. But no, best of luck, everyone, with your uh, OSCE preparation and to all the people that have done their OSCEs already, congratulations. Yeah, but yeah no, uh, hopefully I'll update you on kind of uh, after my exams and my journey doing OSCEs, which I'm not super looking forward to. But I mean, it's yeah, like you said, it's practice makes perfect. You know, I likened it to Duke of Edinburgh, like really weirdly. When when you're actually doing the, the walk itself, you're like, you're like, it's the worst thing in the world. But then when you look back on it, you're like, that's actually, that actually quite fun. That's a bit sadistic, mate. <laughs> But yeah, anyway, <laughs> thanks very much for listening, guys. We'd really appreciate it if you could uh, leave us a rating on either Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Give us a follow on Instagram at Medtime Stories Podcast and uh, give us a follow on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so that you get updated with all of the new episodes. Thanks very much for all the people that sent in messages uh, and asked us to kind of give a little kind of comment on uh, what they what they wanted to hear about uh, we really appreciated that and yeah once again have a great evening and we'll speak soon